Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Everybody, welcome to the Pack a Day podcast. We are recording this on June 5th. So I would like to wish a happy Hell's Angels birthday to my grandmother. Georgia Schnorr turns 81 today. So happy birthday to grandma. Appreciate all you've ever done, all you'll ever do, and everything else. Happy and healthy. Here's to year number 81 for you. Year number 100-something for the NFL. I've lost count at this point. I think it's 104 will be this upcoming, so maybe 103. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. You guys don't care, which is fine. Uh, I'm here. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm your host for this Tuesday episode. I am joined by the immaculate, I think that's the same exact adjective I used last week. I got to get better words. Uh, Jacob Morley, who is wearing a Monsters, Inc. t-shirt tonight. And I have watched that movie no less than six million times since my daughter was born almost four years ago. So Morley, my question for you is which Monsters, Inc. character is your favorite one? Mike. Okay. Mike okay. Wazowski. I just like him. He's fun. He's a little, he's a little eyeball. He's cool. Yeah, that Actually, was this- I liked Monsters University too. And you know, one of the things, Morley, I, I know this now, and, and you'll know, uh, you may not know, but someday you'll understand, um, to quote Jalen Hurts and uh, the Bible, which is who he was actually quoting when he said that, um, is that when you have a child, one of the things you really try and do is find enjoyment in the things that your child is watching. Like, I, I've tried, I can't do it. I can't get into Coco Melon. I can't get into some of the other stuff that she watches That's in the Bible. No, Coco Melon's not in the Bible, but you may not know someday <laughs> you'll understand is um, anyways, before you got me off track there, uh, you just try, you find, you try and find enjoyment with those things. And if you have something that you could find enjoyment in, let the show know at pack a day podcast, you can follow me at Jacob Westdorf and let me know if there's some uh, kids shows that you watch with your younger children that you find out, but you try and find enjoyment in those things. And I enjoy monsters Inc. I am appreciative that she got interested in some of that stuff. She's gotten interested in some of the things 
that I used to watch when I was a kid. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, I took her to see the new version of the little mermaid and that's because she likes the old one and she really liked the new one. So that was a nice thing for, for me because that was tolerable, <laughs> you know, instead of some of this mindless stuff that, uh, that is on my television screen for, uh, somewhat frequently these days, especially. So, um, but anyways, yeah, Mike is your favorite monsters Inc character. Uh, but how are we doing? Actually, dude, I don't even, <clears throat> he's the only one I know. Like this is just shame on you that I have. And I just, I was working outside all day and I just took a shower and was like, I'm going to throw that shirt on. So okay, you know, we just so, did this whole tangent on monsters. Inc. And I said, Oh, Mike. And I, I literally, I don't, I don't really know that. much. Okay. So that. here's, here's your homework between now and next week is watch monsters Inc. It's not awful. I'm not asking you to watch like a baby show or anything like that, even though I'm, telling you that a baby of mine really likes it but watch the movie i thought it was pretty good i enjoy billy crystal uh he made one of my favorite movies that's ever been invented that's 61 which of course is about roger maris and mickey mantle in the 1961 season and uh i enjoy uh john goodman as well and and he makes a really good sully who's my favorite character in those uh in those movies as well but that's it that's all enough of the uh disney pixar fodder for the week. If you guys got a favorite Disney movie, let me know. I'm interested to at least know what some of your thoughts are, but morally it is, uh, it's the off season, man. Um, real quick, just to get some thoughts here, uh, early in the season. Cause you know, this is when we're trying to find other things to do, right? So you are, uh, what the masses might call a, a casual baseball fan, correct? Yeah. 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 So what are your thoughts, uh, casually early on, on the Minnesota twins? Royce Lewis is him. <laughs> Royce Lewis is him. That's okay. that's all I know. Okay. Uh, so I, that. I that's that's pretty much all that Ross Uglum and I are are uh, you know old pal who we used to do podcasts with. That's all we really talk about now is Twins baseball. And I'll just send him, you know, text and all cap Royce, and he'll be like dog. And that's pretty much the extent of our conversations right now. That sounds so like a texting. They're playing. With hey, Ross, they're playing so. five. They're five five hundred baseball in Minnesota is. We're not complaining, man. We're not complaining. For the I'm first time for... in like three decades, they won the season series against the Yankees. So I know well, that's I almost texted I almost texted you, but you did. No, not did almost. I... You yeah, you did. <laughs> it was no. I think they played it was weird. They played all of their games against each other for the season in April, but that's how that worked for for this year. And then of course, uh, not just the baseball stuff, but uh any thoughts at all on the NBA finals? It's currently knotted up at one apiece. Nope. Oh, the the white guy, 55, can shoot. They should guard him. Duncan Robinson is who you're referring to for the Miami Heat. My take is Nuggets and six, and Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player on the planet. So I hope he wins to get some. I'm underselling that. I've actually watched the first two games, and I actually do. I really enjoy watching the Nuggets play basketball. And 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 truth be told, um, I've really enjoyed this run that the Heat have been on. I know I've, I've kind of become. Not really a Bucks fan, but like I, I do enjoy watching the Bucks just because they're on my timeline so much. Um, but I wasn't like devastated when the Heat beat them, and I know some people might be mad at me for that. But I, you know, the watching Jimmy Butler play, be playoff Jimmy is is a lot of fun, and you know, the Joker is he's unbelievable. Like I mean, he he's a generational talent. Like, and I don't say that lightly. Like guys like him just don't grow on trees, and I think the art of the the art of playing big is is kind of lost in the NBA. Um, 
and he you know he 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 exemplifies what it what it means to be a true five that is an inside out presence that can also defend can also pass can rebound i mean he is you know to to steal a baseball term he's a legit five tool guy and uh he's he's a lot of fun to watch so i i've enjoyed it yeah he's uh best player in the sport like you mentioned and miami uh i've enjoyed i hate how much i like them um simply because i so i'm a dallas mavericks fan um and for the news that came out today it was apparently Kyrie's recruiting lebron so i'm all in on that uh that would be hilarious and awesome to listen to basically all of you cry about it and it would make sense because that team would be incredibly insufferable to the outside but they're my team so i don't care if that's what the case would be uh but i don't like the miami heat because of what happened in 2006. And that really just all stems from Dwayne Wade. And then once they got LeBron, I kind of became not a heat. Also, fan. I'm not one of those people, but I grew to enjoy we, them. My, Miami is a beautiful city. I've been to Miami. Yes. Fun place to visit. Terrible sports fans. Not good. It's like, not, I'll you, say this. Were, it's not as bad as the mainstream narrative is because also when those games are going, those fans show out. The thing is, they're not going to show up on Tuesday night in the middle of the season against the Charlotte Hornets because there's a billion other things to do in Miami. I know so that. You, like, so you just described a front runner, okay? Yeah, that's exactly what. But every fan base that's is that way, except for like not the Packers. Really. Except for like not the Packers. Really. I used to be able to get Bucks tickets for like five dollars when they sucked. Oh, so I'm like, not as familiar with NBA basketball. Like fan, fan. Most most I'm of your about fan Miami, are Miami in general. Yes. is notorious for showing up like very late to the game uh if at all Dodgers so, fans are that way though like Dodgers fans notoriously show up in the third and they leave in like the sixth or seventh so that traffic, that's man. a thing gonna be the traffic I get it I, that's why I don't want to live in LA Miami's an awesome town just to finish to wrap up that point here we'll Dude, start talking is, is LA LA must not have very good infrastructure I uh I don't oh Jesus I don't know <laughs> I don't know uh, that must be, that must be the case, but yeah, uh, I have grown to like the heat. I've got a lot of respect for Pat Riley. I think in terms of all around, like he might have the greatest career in basketball of any person ever. So like when you combine player coach and executive, like he might be the goat and, and that whole yeah. thing in Miami that they have is awesome. I love Jimmy Butler. Uh, coach Spolstra is, I think, I think he was undervalued when LeBron was there and that's kind of how that works in general but that's beside the point i'm looking forward to it i'm happy that um Spolstra is kind of honestly kind of the poster boy for what you're hoping matt before is in a, yeah. in a lot of ways like hey yeah. this guy's good young energetic guy we think he's good uh but he's playing with a superstar like how good is he and then when his superstar leaves he's still got that team fire on all cylinders so you know, that's how we, I guess we can tie the Packers into that conversation with like, that's what you're hoping for with Matt LaFleur is like superstars gone, go coach your butt off. Yeah. And I, I do think that uh, I still think Matt LaFleur is a good coach and we're going to find out for sure this year. And and most likely next year, I, I will continue. I will push against the idea that everyone is safe for the next two years. Um, I disagree with that. Simply because if if this season is terrible, and I'm and granted, I don't think this is what's going to happen, but if they are worst team in the league, number one overall pick type stuff, like yeah, it's it's blowtorch time, and it's most likely justified. Like 
this the thing about the grace period because they're changing quarterbacks is that that number one they put themselves in this situation and I get it I don't need to go down that rabbit hole but they put themselves in this situation and number two like you didn't have to nobody forced you to to do that necessarily so I say all of that to say if this team is awful genuinely awful I do not think that it's set in stone that Matt LaFleur will be the head coach in Green Bay next season. That being said, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And we're going to talk about why a little bit today here. For those of you that made it through the the NBA and the baseball stuff and and now some conjecture from me, we're going to talk about Jordan Love. Nobody's talked about him this offseason, so I figure we might as well get a few takes in there on the new Packers starting quarterback. And Marley, you were going through some betting lines, overs and unders, on uh, some of his potential stats. And I was taken aback. The first one, uh, which was passing touchdowns. What is that number? Yeah, so FanDuel has him set at 3,375 yards uh, for the starting quarterback in 2023. And we'll come back to that in just a second. What do you have for touchdowns? 21 and a half. 21 and a half. So for reference sake last season, just for reference sake, okay, these are everybody that has thrown um, within a couple touchdowns of, of 21, just to give you some reference points. Derek Carr threw 24 touchdowns, and he got benched. He missed the last quarter of the season or so. Dak Prescott threw 23 touchdowns, and he had a very up-and-down season. Jalen Hurts only threw 22 touchdowns last season, and he missed some time, and that team was a running run-first type team. Andy Dalton was not the starter at the beginning of the season. He threw 18 touchdowns, so that's only three off that pace. Justin Fields stinks. He threw 17 touchdowns last year. Lamar Jackson missed time, and he threw 17 touchdowns last year. Davis Mills was probably one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL last season. They missed seven, or he threw 17 touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, 16, just to kind of stay within that number. 21. And here's the thing with me, as I said this before the show, if you think Green Bay is not going to be very good, that means they're going to be throwing the ball more than than they wouldn't be you know in games they're winning they'll lean more on their running game like they're the formula to victory for green bay is like jordan love make some plays in the passing game but we're going to rely on our running game our offensive line and try and play some defense and and win that way which one of the reasons i'm skeptical about their chances in 2023 but we'll get to that in august maybe early september after i've seen some stuff and if my mind changes but 21 and a half i mean i'm not a gambler but if I were, that's an easy over to me. Just because, again, Aaron Rodgers last season was not very good, right? And he threw 26 touchdown passes. Like some of that was, you know, him throwing on the RPOs and getting some, you know, cheapo touchdowns that way. But still, Jordan Love has just as much access to that stuff. And the Packers have a little bit more juice in terms of, you know, if Aaron Rodgers completes a slant to Alan Lazard, that seven-yard slant is going like 10 yards max. You know, give or take a, a play here or there. Complete one of those to Christian Watson. I mean, we saw what love can do with Watson in Philadelphia. Luke Musgrave could make some plays after the catch. Tucker Kraft, same thing. Uh, Jaden Reed, kind of the same thing. Like they have a little bit more juice at those positions. There will be some up and downs, but to me, Morley, this is an easy over for the Packers quarterback in, in terms of touchdown passes. Yeah. Like here. So a couple things. One, um, the line is set at what it is, but it's at minus 115, which is not good value either way. So I think in a lot of ways, that's Vegas just kind of being like, we, we don't really know. 
we don't want anyone to make a ton of money off of us because of Jordan Love. So we're going to set it here, and you're not really going to get value on the over or under. It's not a good bet to make either way. There's not really money to be made on these bets. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, Rodgers threw 26 touchdowns, and he only threw for like three 3,600 yards last year or whatever. So you're looking for Love to have a similar type season as Jordan as Aaron Rodgers with a wide receiver group that has grown exponentially. At least that's the hope, right, is that uh, you're hoping the two big jumps you want guys to make are from Dobbs and Watson. And if those two guys make the jumps that we're expecting in year two, um, I think he hits the over on both these easily. I mean, he might throw 21 touchdown passes between the two guys. I mean, that would be nuts. That would be that would be really awesome. That'd be fun for all of us, but not unheard of for two wide, two good wide receivers to have 21 touchdowns between the two. Um, and, and, you know, the question I have, too, is like, say he comes in and just hits the over on both of these, th- throws for 3,400 yards, 22 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That might be one of the worst case scenarios. And it, it depends on the run game. And the reason I say that is because I am I am team Jordan, go out and be great, or Jordan, go out and stink. Don't go out and be okay. Yep. If you go out and be okay, that, you know, I mean, you, you make the case that like, well, he'll get better, and, and he should, and he will. And and that there, there might be a lot of encouraging stuff to take from a season with that stat line. And, and that's where all of the – all of those judgments will be made is through watching every single snap uh, with him. But, you know, that stat line is very pedestrian and that's not what green Bay standard at quarterback has been the last 30 years. You know, pedestrian is not going to get it done. They want you to be one of the top five guys in the league. Like that's why they value that position. That's why they do what they do. Um, So it it would be really interesting if, if that man, if that happened. And then the other thing too, beyond that is, what if he throws – I think the other question is, what if he has almost an exact similar stat line to Aaron Rodgers that he had last year? How many more wins do you expect them to have? You know, and I think that's interesting too. Say he throws 3,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, whatever Rodgers threw last year. Like, what do we take from that? Do they win more games because they're more in sync as an offense because they're running the ball better and, and defense is playing better? I mean, all that stuff's on the table. Absolutely is on the table, but – it's just it, this is partially why this season's gonna be so much fun too, regardless of what happens. Like so, I mean, if you want answers, you're gonna get answers, and we can decide whether or not we like the answers later. But uh, it's I compare it to the you know like the lead up, and this isn't the best example, but like the lead up to the final season of Game of Thrones, where everyone's like, "Do we need answers? We need answers." People didn't like the answers. People didn't like the show. But at least they knew, you know, at least it was over and they had opinions to, to have on it. Right now, we're just kind of in that waiting period of like, what's the season going to look like? And and that's, you know, what we're going to talk about a lot this offseason. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot during the regular season as well. Uh, the one thing I'm not looking forward to, Jacob, is we're going to be living and dying on every single good play and bad play that Jordan Love has this year. That's one thing that Aaron Rodgers did not have to go through his rookie year is on a game-to-game basis. How are people analyzing him? Um, I feel like with Rodgers, he, you know, it was right before the the big Twitter era where we were, 
you know, cutting up clips from practice. It existed, but yeah, we didn't have like, not like it is now. Yeah, no, and we didn't have the hot take shows and in as much of an abundance as we do now. We don't have twenty four hour sports coverage in that way. Um, and frankly, you know, the the divorce between Brett Favre and the Packers isn't as messy as the one between. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for for Jordan Love and which is which is crazy because think about it oh yeah Favre wanted to come back and the Packers said no Rodgers was the really the one that wanted to leave you know like when you look at it but as Favre wanted to come back the Packers would have said yes until a point and then that point but right but they didn't I mean but it's still that's the way it played out and that's why it's crazy because you're right like it's it is very much viewed as like the divorce with Rodgers was a lot messier, and a lot of that is because twelve won't stop talking about it. It's part of the reason, um, but it just kind of is what it is. And I think it's just part of the climate that we live in today too. Where if you're a great player in the NFL, the national media is going to put you on a pedestal and think you can you you have never done wrong. How could it be your fault? How could the Packers ever want you to leave? You know stuff like that, or how could they ever let you get away? And that will be the narrative when he plays well in New York. And I think he will play well in New York. Um, but it, it just all depends on what what Love is doing. And I'm I'm all ready for I'm all I'm I am already ready for the shows and the screaming of the how could the Packers let this guy go when you know Jordan Love struggles and he's playing well. Um it's gonna take pretty <clears throat> excuse me, it's gonna take pretty much a Mahomes esque type rookie not rookie, but rookie starting season for love um, for anyone to be like, especially in the national media, especially the hot take artists for them to admit that the Packers made the right choice. Right. I mean, it's not going to be viewed. It's not going to be viewed through the lens of intelligence. It's not going to be viewed through the lens of reason at all. Um, So, you know, that's, it is what it is, but well, here's the thing too: is when Favre when Favre left, you know, and the Packers go from NFC title participant to six and ten, and Favre was good until he got injured in in New York. It was a lot of the discussion surrounding Rodgers was, did Green Bay make the right choice? And then the following year happens, Green Bay has a good season, but they're a wild card exit, and the Vikings are a overtime or a late game interception away from potentially playing in the Super Bowl. And a game that the NFC team ended up winning, you know, the Vikings very easily could have been Super Bowl champions. A bounce goes one way or another. Like, and then, you know, the conversation surrounding Aaron Rodgers for a while was, you know, even in 2010, the Packers are, I mean, the Packers are eight and six going into the last two games before they end up going on that winning streak and winning the Super Bowl. If they don't, if they missed the playoffs that season, I'm not saying they would have dumped Rodgers, but those conversations, you know, Rodgers wasn't, peak form, MVP, all-world Aaron Rodgers really until, you know, that Giants game, but then the next week wasn't that great against Chicago. Like, that 2011 season was the first year when it was like, okay, this guy's the best quarterback in the NFL. It was not that way when when Rodgers had his first couple of seasons. You know, his first year, they go 6-10, he has a good year, 4,000 yards passing, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks, but Bill Huber's kind of accounted for this a bunch over the last six weeks or so. Rodgers was bad in the fourth quarter of close games. And part of the reason the team blew as many leads as they did is he played poorly in some of those games, not all of them, but that's just kind of how it is. I'm interested to see how it goes. Like you said, it's not going to be viewed through the lens of intelligence and it's a results-based business. You know, the reality is 
it's fair. You know, Jordan Love, to me, not a victim. Um, unfortunate, I guess, from the situation he was put in. But you can also say like, hey, he got to sit for three years instead of having to play right away and learn through some of those mistakes out of the public eye uh, and kind of learn how to to be a quarterback before that. I, I just think that it is, it is what it is. It's a results-based business. And if Jordan Love stinks or isn't the next guy in line, then every single question that has ever been asked about how could you pick a quarterback – when you were a Super Bowl team potentially and blah, you know, just all of those things that have been asked. All of those questions are completely fair. All of those questions are completely fair if that is what happens. I think so they're already fair. They're already fair. I'd still do it. They're fair. Yeah, like, uh, here's the thing is they're fair, but they are justified. And that is the correct take, if you will, since that's the world we live in now. That is the correct take is that Green Bay screwed that up. If he stakes, Green Bay screwed that up. There is no question yeah. about that. He's not the worst draft pick in NFL history, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is kind of stupid. But right. he's it, – Then it was a whiff. It was a first-round whiff, just and, like uh, I will has. say this, though. He is, in the last, what, 15 years, the worst Packers draft pick? If that is, in fact, what happens, just because of everything else that happens after that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses, and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly, and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them, and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Two MVP seasons out of your starting quarterback? I don't know. 
I mean, if you think those two things are related, but I don't necessarily, I, do. I mean, I do, I kind of, but I, <laughs> I do. Sure, you know, but, that's why sure, going to go. That's why he's going to play so well in New York this year. Like but I, that's I can not feel a it. feather in Jordan loves cap either. Like that no, draft pick still is bad. And again, it's one of the worst ones in recent memory yeah. for the past. Like I would have rather them taken like the defensive line equivalent in that draft of Dayton Jones, who was a bust for green Bay, than take Jordan love who, led to a messy divorce with the arguably the greatest player in the history of your franchise and didn't do anything for a team that was that close to winning a Super Bowl. But again, that's a wrap that all those questions, all I'm saying is they become justified and they become correct. If you will, if Jordan love stinks, hopefully he doesn't because then that means green Bay still pretty good. And it'll be good for, for quite a while. Um, you mentioned the passing yards. That's 3375 for point of reference for you guys here. Um, that would slot right in between last year. Daniel Jones at 3205 and Derek Carr at 3522. Some names below that Davis Mills, 3118. Matt Ryan, 3057. Mac Jones, just a shade under 3,000 yards. He missed some time too. Aaron Rodgers, 3695. So that's, you know, 300 yards um, off, which is more than Aaron Rodgers threw in any game last season, which is still incredible to me that that's the case. This is like the hyper live ball era too. And that's the thing about why I think, you know, my best case scenario and maybe not my best case scenario, but one of my relatively realistic scenarios in my brain for Jordan love this season is like the 2008 Aaron Rodgers season, but adjusted for a live ball era. You know, Aaron Rodgers played in an era in 2008. It wasn't at, it was still relatively easy, but it wasn't as easy to throw the ball as it is now. And the game is even easier for offenses. They're more wide open. There's more um, easy throws and things like that for Jordan Love to make. So I'm interested to see so, how that goes. So we both think he's going to hit the over. I think he's going to be somewhere around like what Rodgers did last year, like 36. I wouldn't be surprised if he touched four, you know, 4,000 yards. Um, so let's just say, because 4,000 yards is kind of like the standard nowadays for quarterbacks. Um, it's not really – you know, it's just kind of like, hey, if you threw it, had a four thousand yard year, you had a really, you had a, you had a nice season. So let's say he throws for, let's split the difference, say thirty eight hundred yards. Who gets those yards? Where do those yards come from? Yeah, I think there's a clear, um, I don't want to say separation, but you know, I I don't think like I think they're going to build the entire plane out of the Christian Watson box. Like this whole offense is going to be based around him in the passing game. And then after that, I think Romeo Dobbs is off to what sounds like a really good start this offseason. He had some nice moments last year. Uh, also said he doesn't think that uh, there's a whole lot of difference between what Jordan Love, or he thinks Jordan Love could do the same exact thing Aaron Rodgers just did. So that's interesting for a variety of reasons as well. He did say that, didn't he? He That was a very, that was a very casual, low-key, big-time quote that nobody really talked about. Romeo oh, it's being, being, oh, yes, it is. It oh, was on they, Good Morning Football this morning. And, oh, yeah, was it? It's gotten some, it's gotten <laughs> I some love running. Romeo because he's just so casual, too. He's like, oh, well, man, it's just like, here's the thing it. with Romeo is he played one year with Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. it's not like. And it wasn't a very good year. So he's probably like, yeah, he's probably thinking like, yeah, Jordan can do that. Right. And he, he so, might be right. I think there's a separation but, there. I'm interested. You know, the biggest wild card enigma, I don't know how to place it like what are they going to get production wise from their tight end group? Because those guys are young. Like, I think you're going to get like once a month, you might get a splash play from Luke Musgrave 
Yes. But you know, you'll get that one splash play and then he'll have, he'll finish that game. Like he'll have a 20 yard catch, but he'll finish the game with three for like, you know, 35 yards or something like that. And then not have a catch for like a month and then yep. come back and Tucker craft kind of the same thing is like tempering expectations there. I would imagine you see an uptick from Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the passing game. Um, but yeah, I do think that, you know, the lion's share, if you will, of opportunity is going to go to Watson and Dobbs. And I think if you had to ask me who I would pick as like my third guy that wasn't a back, Jaden Reed is a guy who is running with the ones immediately. And yep. listening to the way they talk about him, I think they have a very specific plan for him, and I think they've got things drawn up for him early. So I if he's healthy. Love, I think they love Toure too. I'm excited to see what he does this year. I think they love him too. I just – I'm. He's a 25 year old seventh round rookie. Like, I just yeah. don't know what to do with Here's, that. And like for whenever somebody says, Oh, he flashed last year. It's like, it was five catches and he didn't have a yeah. catch after he had one catch from December on. So I, again, I, I just don't know what to do with him. That's the only I thing. Wouldn't be, I so know. here, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like their third leading receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the team. Like that's just kind of where I'm at with him. And uh, so like, this is, I'm just sketching this down. And I just because I think it's interesting to just talk about where it's coming from. So what I have is for for Watson, I have him as like a twelve hundred yard guy. Like I think if they run the offense through him and he stays healthy, I think he can get there. Like I I really do. Um, so I have Watson at twelve hundred, Dobbs at eight hundred, Toure. I have a question mark at like six hundred ish yards. I think they'd be thrilled with. And then I put Reed at five hundred, um, which I think they'd be thrilled with from a rookie. Um, so those last two, you know, I think they'd be thrilled with all that, honestly. But that's that's 3,100 yards. That leaves, you know, where's that other 700 yards coming from? And I think that's where you put in, you know, the the rookie tight ends, Degora, the backs, that stuff. You know, the other rookie receivers are going to make some splash plays as well. Um, and I think, like, when you look at it that way, if your top dog guys, if Watson and Dobbs can go off and be near 1,000 yard receivers, like I think they're hoping they are, that's when you can get into that 4,000 range. Because I bet Aaron Jones has 300, 400 yards receiving this year, if not more. I bet AJ Dillon's got, you know, 100, 200 yards receiving. I mean, all that stuff factors in, and there are weapons all over the place for Jordan Love. And I think. It was our buddy, you know, Peter Bukowski was talking about this the other day, just like where, where is this team not as good as the 2018 on offense, especially, um, you know, I think you, it's pass catcher. I, I mean, it's pass, what we know about pass catchers because Jennings right. was a stud driver. He was, was awesome. Like there's no, yeah. I don't think there's any were, good. Yeah, you didn't know about Jordy. He was a rookie. James Jones was a second year player. Like you didn't know about those guys. You didn't know about your Michael yet. They have a bunch of they have a bunch of James Jones and Jordy Nelsons on this team. It's kind of you know what I mean? Like in terms of unknowns, not necessarily just talented guys. Like forget about the rest of their career, just where they were at at that point in their career. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, I think Rogers had two established dudes in Jennings and Driver that he could lean on. You know, the difference with Love is he doesn't have that. He's got two other young guys that are learning with him. But I think where you look at this offense and you say it's, it is clearly better is I think the offensive line is better. You know, if they stay healthy, I think they're going to be able to protect him up front. And I think the running game is better. You know, those early – remember those early years? 
holy cow, the Brandon Jackson years. Yeah, where it was like, well, Ryan Grant was solid, but yeah, Aaron Jones is a much better. I mean, they don't win. They they don't win the Super Bowl if James Starks doesn't come out of the woodwork and and play really well in the playoffs. I because Brandon Jackson was naughty, but I think James Starks. James Starks had a really good game against the Eagles, and that was it. He had a touchdown against Chicago, but it's not like. He had one 100-yard game against the Eagles. He didn't do anything against he, Atlanta. What about the last two games in the regular season? Nothing. Did he play well down the stretch? No, well, he, he had one. Right. He had the one game in against San Francisco in early December, and then he just didn't really do much until the end of the season. He had that, like I said, he had that big game against Philadelphia. He didn't Which do much. Huge. It was huge. It was I'm huge. not trying to. I'm not trying to undersell well, that. But, like, like, they, but like, that's what I mean, though. Is like, did do they win that game without him yes. going? Without I, you think I so? Think they so. took. Yes, it took a Tremont Williams interception in the end zone to win that game. It also, like, I mean, the the game flow of that entire game changes with some of that stuff too. Like, I mean, they're also, if you want to go that, it's like they're one, they're one James Jones catch away from that game being a route. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that that team that year was destined, and they would have found a way to win. But I mean, I'm not saying James like Starks was the best player on that or the best player in that running back room that year, but I think his. His playoff hero legend, whatever, is a little oversold when the reality is it's one game. And he had a touchdown run against Chicago. That was his first career touchdown. That was nice. And he had a pretty solid run against – like he only had 13 carries in the Super Bowl. That game was about Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball around the lot. Yeah. Because that – I mean, running against, running against the Steelers was basically pointless. I'm looking it up right now. So now that he's looking that up, because yeah, I I uh, I mean I don't remember his stat. I know he did. 2010 really was his rookie year, right? Yes. Um, I mean, there's a lot oh, of man. Uh, he had he had 315 rushing yards in that playoffs, but like 140 of them came in one game. That's like I don't know. The Packers, I like he I, had think, a, I think I, we're going to have to get James on this show, and you're going to have to apologize to him. I for, might. That may very well mis- be smirching his good name. Sure, that's fine. I can do that. That's not a problem. Uh, if that compared is to fact. okay, so get this though. So he was averaging four yards a carry in the playoffs. Sure. Span. Brandon Jackson was averaging two point one. Oh, Brandon. I mean, like I said, there is no question. That's what I mean, and that might actually be why we thought James Starks was so great because Brandon Jackson was like a, a fantastic in pass pro and pretty good out of the backfield as a receiver. But like that dude could not run the ball. No, he shook. Uh, I remember he shook uh, Erlacher and, and you know what? He had a decent ish game, I guess, against Chicago, 22 carries for 74 yards, but like, yeah, it's fine. So we've rambled enough about James Starks for tonight. We're out of time for this episode of the pack of day podcast. Check us out. Starks. Yeah, there you go. At pack a day podcast. You can follow us uh, there on Twitter. Uh, find us on anywhere you like podcasts. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westar. If you can follow him, he's at Jacob Morley. Thank you guys for listening. We'll chat again next week. If you guys got anything that you want us to discuss, send it to us. That way we're not talking about the Heat and the Nuggets or the Minnesota Twins or, or teams that you probably don't care that much about. You know, of course, things. send us topics. We'd be happy to talk about those here on the show. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.